Welcome to this week's episode of the Thinking Big Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Danny Osmond about how you can use podcasting and even podcast guesting to grow your tribe and grow your influence. If you've ever wondered how you can start or utilize podcasting or podcast guesting, you will want to stick around for this episode. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. Danny is a business strategist and podcast consultant for busy professionals and solopreneurs who want to create podcasts that build brand loyalty and make their marketing efforts more effective. His goal is to help clarify your message and publish engaging content that creates customers who trust you before they buy and can't wait to tell the world about you. Danny's refreshing approach as the owner of Emerald City Productions has made him a sought after speaker online educator and consultant for major corporations and thought leaders. His clients include Salesforce, LinkedIn, John Maxwell team, Mike Kim, just to name a few. So thinking big family, let's give a huge, huge welcome to Danny. Thanks for having me, Sean. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to, uh, I'm, I'm glad to finally get you on the, on the podcast. And I think, you know, so for me, knowing you, I think one of the things that really sets you apart is that you look at podcasting for people from a, I don't know, a business uh, you know strategy standpoint, and not just a technical. Hey, here's how you do a podcast tip thing. Although you do that, but you actually look at it as a business you know strategy and, and working with people and how to create podcasts and how to create I don't know a movement that will enhance and really grow their business. I do definitely. Yeah, that's that's what you know. I got into podcasting because it. I saw it, well, originally I saw it as a way to diversify my recording studio, but I started to see that helping podcasters was the way that I could change the world um, because there were a lot of people sharing their experiences and their advice and their stories. Um, it's, It's a way for people to walk a mile in someone else's shoes um, and to hear those stories. And that's what inspired me. But then I started to realize that for a lot of businesses, a lot of um, small businesses, a lot of regional, a lot of people like you and I who have done things in a personal brand space and and maybe have wanted to transition out of the businesses we started or the corporations that we worked for, things like that. Um, I saw it as an opportunity to give people a platform um where they can build trust with potential customers, potential clients, um, trust with people that they want to help, inspire, et cetera. And, and man, I, I can't wait to dig into some of this because all that is, mm-hmm. is so important. And today, I, I kind of want to talk about both podcasting, like you know, someone starting a podcast and what that can do, uh, but as well as podcast guesting. I think I think there's there are two different I don't know art forms are two different things but I think they tie together. Yes. But before we get in get into that, why do you think you know podcasts have become such a great medium or a great platform uh, for businesses, and I think especially for entrepreneurs? Sure. 
Um, well, it gets back to what I just said about trust. Um, you you get this experience, and and if people are listening to your podcast. It's it's likely that they already listen to other podcasts as well, and they've had the experience of feeling like when they listen to a show, they belong to something. Um, there was a actually just a, a recent study done by a psycho- psychology journal. I forget which one it is uh, that that found that podcast listeners felt less lonely, felt like they belonged to something more so than people who didn't listen to podcasts. Um, and so you you have that benefit of getting the chance to spend time with people who you may never meet in person, um, but they're spending a half hour or 45 minutes with you every week, okay? Uh, or every other week or whatever. And they essentially become your friend. Um, so if you're recommending something to them, if you're giving them advice on something, they're listening to you. They are trusting you. And and that's that's why it becomes this important medium for anyone in this space is that this is your chance to, similarly to if you are doing TED Talks or something like that, or speaking, um, going to conferences, going to networking events. This is your chance to spend time with people who might want to work with you, who might need your help. Um, I often refer to it, you know, people talk about podcasting as content marketing. And any business knows now that, yeah, you've got to do some form of content marketing. It's been two decades now, you've had to have a blog. Um, Podcasting is in there, video, YouTube. Uh, you know, you've got to do social media, you've got to do all these things. Well, podcasting is your chance to get involved in content marketing. But for me, because of that friendship that develops, that level of trust that develops, to me, it's more referral marketing on a grand scale. And um, I have discussed this with our, our, our mutual colleague, Stacey Brown Randall, who's like the expert in referral marketing. Um, and she, you know, she sort of agrees with me, but that <laughs> It is. It is. You know, if you think about referral marketing, it's somebody has a problem. They go to someone that they trust who they think could possibly either help them or connect them with someone that could help them. And that person recommends that they go to someone that they trust to solve that problem for them. So if you have a podcast and you're a coach or something like that and you're helping people solve certain problems, the listeners who are your friends trust you. And if you say to them, hey, if you have this problem, I've got this product or I've got this service or I've got this workshop you can go to um, or you can work one-on-one with me to solve this problem, you're essentially referring your friends to yourself. And so, like I said, that that's why to me, it is the opportunity to not only have content marketing, but referral marketing on a grand scale. Uh, I think that's so true. And, and so touching on that a little bit, I think that's why... <clears throat> You know, things like podcast guesting, I think, are so, so important Mm -hmm. for entrepreneurs is, you know, yeah, what you said, I can go on someone's podcast that they have a personal relationship with Mm -hmm. and spend 30 minutes with potential, you know, clients, potential, you know, customers. How, I don't know of any other medium where I can actually go and get time where they actually sit right. there and listen you know it's like it's almost like being a ninja you know going in i mean if you think about it because they're going to sit there and they're going to listen to you because you're you're talking with one of their friends and yeah. again that's why i think podcast guesting is so uh, is so important for entrepreneurs or not only important but i think it's so mm-hmm. 
it can be it can make such an effect on you know how your uh, how your company operates as as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. And I know for me, you know, uh, podcasting has been probably the single biggest thing that I've done in the past four years. I'm on season four, but it's probably been mm-hmm. the single biggest thing that I've done to help grow my business, to help grow my list, to help mm-hmm. you know my my contacts. I've made some of the best you know. Uh, Friends and, and and business contacts from people that were being guests on the show. So I think there's there's so there, to me it's it's so deep on what you can do with the mm-hmm. uh, with podcasting and the you know and, and how you mm-hmm. can affect your your company doing it. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think you know about podcast guesting? I know you spend a lot of your time on doing you know podcasts and strategies sure. for companies, uh, strategies for them maybe getting guests on, but just yeah. from a if someone who's not ready to I don't know, fully dive into, you know, podcasting. And we're going to get into that mm-hmm. a little bit. But what do you think about podcast guesting? Do you think it is a good strategy to use for your content? Oh, absolutely. And, and I want to back up to something that you just said. And, and that's pretty much the, the what you just said is the reason why it is a strategy for some people. And I, I'm not going to mince words. For a podcast... Um, and we can talk a little bit more about this. A podcast is work. It is hard work. Um, it takes time. Even if you work with a company like mine that helps people launch the podcast and helps them do all the pr- production of the podcast and grow it and all those types of things, it still takes time. You have to record it. You have to sit there and record that 15, 20-minute, 30-minute episode, do that 45-minute interview um, if you're doing the work yourself and you're editing it and you're putting it together and all those types of things, you're doing a lot of work. It might take you three hours a week to release your episode. And so for some people, if they can't do that, um, and I, I tell potential podcasters, if you're not ready to do this for six months, a year, doing an episode every week or at least every other week, some people do once a month. That's really not enough now in terms of the demand for yeah. the content that's out there. If you're not ready to do that, you you definitely should not start your own podcast. Like I would rather you not be a client and and you know not work with us than have you start, try to do it, and then two months later stop. Yeah. Uh, you know, we actually have a term in the industry called pod fade. And that's because it it's hard. Most people don't make it past ten episodes, let alone like two. Um, you know, we have if you if you go to the podcastindex.org or Apple, you will see numbers quoted like there's four million podcasts, or Apple says we've got two hundred two point eight million podcasts in our directory. Well, yes, but there's only three hundred thousand podcasts that are active meaning they've released an episode in the last 30 days. Right. If you go to the last seven days, it's 250,000. Um, so it's not a lot of podcasts that keep going. There's a lot of podcasts that never released an episode, but they're still there because maybe they released a minute-long episode or something like that. So if you're not ready for it, if you're not ready to keep going, you definitely should not start. Um, so for people like that, guesting is a really good option. Um, or if you're like an author, uh, and you've re- you've released a book, and you're going, and you're trying to promote the book. Um, our our mutual colleague, mentor Mike Kim, did that with his book that he released a couple years ago now, uh, where he was doing three or four podcast interviews a day over a, a three month period 
to promote and get his message out to a larger audience by borrowing other people's platforms. Um, so it's certainly something where if you have an expertise, but you don't have time to think about, okay, I'm going to create a different episode every week for six months, but I'm like, I have this topic just like you, you and I, when, when we set up this interview, I have a couple of topics that I know really well, and here's some questions you can ask me and you can go to other podcasters and give them that wealth of, Hey, here's the work. You don't have to do the work to interview me. Here's some things we can talk about, and 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 you're you've now got content for the week. If that's something that's easier to you, if that and that's something that might benefit your um, book launch or benefit some other thing that you're doing or benefit some event you're putting on, that's a great thing to do. Um, again, you still get that benefit by being a professional guest of going on a platform where the host is trusted by the audience. And if the host, like if Sean says, I trust Danny to bring him on this podcast and talk about podcasting, then the audience automatically trusts you a little bit, right? They have a trust and you might say like, okay, and here's my website at the end or something like that. And the listeners will, oh yeah, I've thought about a podcast or I've thought about being a guest. Let me go check out some of the resources that Danny offers or things like that. So it can help. Um, it can work. If you are though, like if you're in a space where you do have your own business, if you, um, you know, you're, you have a personal brand, if you're a coach, a consultant, a professional services provider, lawyer, accountant, therapist, healthcare practice, any of those types of things, it can actually benefit you to even do five or 10 episodes of your own podcast and put them on your website. Um, so that we can go in a bunch of different directions, but to answer your questions, yes, like it, it can benefit you to be a guest on other podcasts. And it's also beneficial to have your own podcast and it's great to have both. Um, you can do both and you can, you can, uh, let the two feet off of each other actually. Yeah. <clears throat> and you said, you said a couple things in there that kind of piqued my interest. It's like, mm -hmm. I didn't think about that, but someone could actually do like a 10 episode podcast. Mm -hmm. They're not doing a p podcast every week, They're not, but they're doing a 10. It's almost like having a right. blog. You don't have to blog every single yeah. day. You know, you, but, yeah. but if someone goes and they, and they do like a 10 episode podcast and have it on their website, that at right. least shows breadth of knowledge and it shows content mm -hmm. and it shows that you have stuff out there. I, I've never even thought about that. That is a well, great- I had an example of this in my own life as a human that owns a house and needs, you know, has a family and needs to have things done around my house occasionally. Um, we're in central Florida and in central Florida, everybody has solar panels. Like it's really easy. Um, you know, we've had solar panels now for six months and there hasn't been a day that we've used any power off the Duke energy grid, you know, and when thinking about, okay, who do I want to put solar panels on my house, it's a really hard decision here because there's probably 10,000 contractors, companies in central Florida that will install solar panels on your house. Um, so I was like, okay, what the heck do I do? Go to Google my business. That's like the first step, right? If I was going to find a lawyer, if I was going to find a, a, a healthcare person, if I was going to find uh, an accountant, you know, I would go to Google my business. So solar panel, okay, Google my business. Okay, these five 
companies are obviously ranked higher than everybody else. Their reviews are better. Five stars. Okay, let me contact them. So I did that. Um, I heard back from like two or three because I, presumably the other couple were too busy. Um, I hear back from them and I have to set up a meeting. So I go to their websites and I schedule a call. They call me back. We set up a meeting. They come out and I have to meet with these three people. Uh, and after having those meetings, half hour, 45 minutes each, they come to my house. They look at everything. They Here's the proposal. This is how the stuff works, costs. I obviously trusted one of them more than the other two. And I was like, okay, we're definitely going to work with this one. So while I'm sitting at the dinner table talking to this guy who owns the company, and he's also the one that's out doing the sales calls, I, I said to him, hey, look, you know, I went to your website. You had like two blog articles, nothing else, no YouTube, none of that sort of stuff. If you'd had two videos, if you'd had three episodes of a podcast and, and just told me this stuff that you just told me here, answered some of the questions, been like really honest about like he, he said, you know, don't buy batteries yet because batteries are really expensive right now because of supply chain issues. They're coming down. Batteries are getting cheaper. Wait, you know, do this. Don't you don't need this because this is going to be different. And he like talked to me through like how to compare the proposals and what to look for and the numbers. I was like, I trust this guy. Like, he obviously knows what he's doing. If he'd done that in a few podcast episodes, I wouldn't have even needed to have those meetings. <laughs> I would have just said, okay, this is the company we're working with. Because they took the time to record this stuff, share the information, show me that I could trust them, that they were an expert at what they were doing, that they weren't just trying to sell me stuff. They weren't just trying to get me to buy the upgraded panels or whatever. Um, it, it's, it's very clear that if you just take the time, if you have anything that you will automatically start to find those people that appreciate you sharing your knowledge. Yeah. And, and so going into that, so even if they had, again, mm -hmm. if you look at a podcast that way, there's not a lot of sense for someone to set up an entire thing to do a podcast, to edit the podcast, to learn on, mm -hmm. to learn all of this stuff. And I see stuff like that as going to your Emerald City Pro uh, website. Like, that's the stuff you do for people. If someone wants to have, yeah. whether it's a long-running podcast or just a, uh, you know, a, a short term, I want to I do 10 episodes, just mm -hmm. put them up there, I want this content. That's, uh, to me, that's the stuff that your company really shines at doing all of that back end and getting that stuff done yeah. and getting it up. Yeah, that's... Now, talking about a podcast, so, you know, again, mm -hmm. I'm in my fourth, you know, my fourth season. Right. And I was doing audio stuff, you know, before I did the podcast. How right. important nowadays do you think, like, for instance, sound quality is? Back when I started, like, people were using their damn cell phones to, you know, record a <laughs> podcast. It's like, yeah. I don't think you can get away with that anymore. I mean, how, you know, how, how would someone go about now starting a podcast? What's some of the basics yeah. that they would need? Well, it's it depends. I, I would I would say you know it's always it's always shifting because the the tech is always getting better, um, and we're in an interesting position at this point. Uh, now, having gone through um, the COVID nineteen pan pandemic, where we had we were forced to work from home, we were forced to learn tools like Zoom um, and use those to communicate with people. We were everybody learned. A lot of people bought microphones. A lot of people got better earbuds. Um, the, you know, surprisingly the built-in microphone in an iPhone is a, is a pretty good thing. Like you could actually hold it at the right distance and talk to someone through zoom while you're in your car. And 
a lot of people wouldn't even notice. Um, so it, it, it goes, you know, back and forth a little bit in terms of quality. Definitely. I, I like to tell people, um, that it's kind of like a restaurant. If a restaurant were to serve inedible food, like they have all these amazing things on the menu, but none of it tasted good and people were getting sick, um, things like that, the restaurant wouldn't stay open long. It's very similar to a podcast. If you've got great content and people are interested in what you have to say, but it's really hard for them to listen to, uh, like it's too soft, it's noisy, they can't hear the guest because the guest was using their built-in computer microphone um, outside on a New York City street, like that type of thing. (laughs) It's not going to last long because people aren't going to stick around, even if the content's great. Um, So, so that's why I say it's, it's really easy now to produce something that most people will be okay with and stick around for. Um, You know, you don't need to be using Riverside like we are. And, um, you know, Sean and I both have good microphones, but Sean has an SM7, which is like the classic radio microphone that Shure made. And it requires a a booster, like a cloud lifter or a a preamp that boosts the quality. And you've got a great camera. Um, But I'm using a USB microphone that costs less than $100 and it's plugged directly into my computer. And I've got a Logitech HD camera on the top of my monitor. Um, You know, you could honestly use your Apple AirPods with a MacBook Air and open it up with that camera. And it's still probably in a quiet environment, like in my office or your office or um, someone's bedroom, going to be good enough for most listeners. So that's why I say it's, it's really easy now to start a podcast that the sound quality is good enough. Um, because, you know, if you record in Zoom, which most people have now and know how to use, Zoom has noise cancellation and Zoom has uh, basically some uh, a type of classic dynamic processing, classic sort of compressor setting that makes it so that even if I was a, a foot away from my microphone, it's loud enough for them to balance it out. And Zoom actually balances the sound uh, and, and they're getting better and better with that. So to get started these days, that's really all you need to start to think about is, okay, it's good. It's good if I have a microphone since I'm the host of the show. Uh, that microphone is going to cost me less than $100, usually less than $75. Um, don't get a Blue Yeti, for those of you that are, <laughs> okay. that are listening. That don't get a Blue worst. Yeti. Um, <laughs> there's, there's this microphone I'm using, the Audio-Technica ATR series. So ATR 2100, this is an ATR 2005. Um, or Samson, Samson spelled, I think it's S-O-N at the end, S-A-M-S-O-N. The Q2U is a great, same, similar version of this microphone. Plug that directly into your computer, open up Zoom, open up QuickTime, open up, uh, you know, there are even companies now like you'll need something like a media host, um, which for lack of a better term, basically is the way your, your podcast will make it out into the world. Uh, and so, for instance, Libsyn, which is the company that we recommend to most of our clients, they now have a built-in recorder in their, included in their, their app, um, 
which is really like it's it's similar to Riverside in that it's using the browser, it's uploading the audio constantly. It doesn't do video, um, but we'll talk about vi- we can talk about video. So you you don't even have to like use something on your computer now. You can just open up your browser, log into your account that you had to set up that you're paying twenty dollars a month for, and now you've got a great recorder. You can record your interviews through it. Like you can actually give people just like Riverside. You can give them a link and they can log in. And now you've got even better quality than Zoom, and it's you're paying for it anyway. Um, so it's really easy to get started because once you have a few of those things, and then you know how to connect your RSS feed to Apple's directory and Spotify's directory and Google's directory. Most people in the world can now get your podcast and and listen to it. Um, I I can go into more specifics, but it's relatively, relatively easy at this point. Yeah. And, and so that, and that's part of the stuff that you do with people is you help set that, you help set up that podcast to get, you know, distributed to all the different platforms. Now, let me ask you this. How bad is, bad quality before your company can fix. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, you know, like it, like I said, unless something these days, unless something is broken or like just as a test, like if I started trying to talk to you, I'm now like two feet away from my microphone for the people that aren't looking at the video. There'd be some issues. Um, we we have a, a friend that's in our mastermind group together that's starting his podcast and his first couple of episodes he sent over were really soft. Like he, he was close to the microphone, but the the interface wasn't, the level wasn't high enough or something like that. But even something like that, well, we've got tools in post-production that we can go and we can make that louder and we can filter out any background noise if there is anything. So it has to be pretty bad. It has to be pretty noisy. It has to be the type of thing where the microphone's broken or, um, you know, like if the person was really close to the microphone talking like that and it was super loud and lots yeah. of mic, it has to be that bad. Um, so usually like with our clients, most of our first couple of episodes is spent, you know, I, I make them send me a sample recording. Um, even if it's someone who's been podcasting forever, I'll go back and listen to their last few episodes and say, Hey, I'm hearing this. Um, we'd like to improve this. Some, could you do this? Could you get closer to your microphone? Could you back away? Um, what microphone are you using? Cause it sounds like, it sounds like it's just the built-in one on your computer. Don't you have, Oh, I have, <laughs> oh, they didn't have the mic right microphone selected the last few times they recorded and they didn't notice. Yeah. Um, so we, we spend time doing that. Uh, I actually answered an email earlier today from one of my team where they were noticing, hey, this person's last couple of episodes have come in sounding really terrible, like really distorted. Could you reach out to them and see if something's wrong on with their microphone or broken or they're way too close or something like that? Um, so we, we do a lot of that, but generally once we figured it out, people can stay pretty consistent with the quality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to have you do an audit on mine. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> but and, and like I, I mentioned video, um, that's something that really with podcasts, we tell our clients now, it's great. Like if you can record with video, um, whether e- even if it's just Zoom and you can record that video, that allows us to have content that we can use in a lot of different places. But 
if you're thinking that, oh, you know, podcasting, I got to do video because that's where podcasting is going. And you'll see it's like every three months there's an article about video is the future of podcasting. And and I say, well, you know, I've, I've seen that article now for about 10 years in a row, every three months. <laughs> um, you know, video podcasts have been on Apple podcasts since like 2009. Uh, you could do video podcasts. And guess what? Nobody watches video podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Um, the podcasts on YouTube that do video and get a lot of views are those podcasts that are in the top one to one to two percent of all podcasts. And oh, by the way, they still get more views on their YouTube videos that are not podcasts, like the shorter videos. Um, we actually have started to do you know, forever, you, you've been able to, and Libsyn and some of the other media hosts, you can automatically publish your episodes directly to YouTube. It will upload it. The show notes go there. The title goes there. Um, you can upload the video sometimes, or it'll just be like a static image. And those 30-minute episodes, 45-minute episodes, 50-minute episodes rarely get more than 10 views, um, 15 views after like months. Yeah. But we've started to see some clients, uh, we do highlight videos where we take like a 50-minute interview and we cut it down to seven minutes and we take the best clips and we put a title card and transitions and some music and and we have a closing card that has uh, a link, you know, shows people the link to listen to the podcast more and then the, you know, the, the subscribe to the channel and, and the, you know, recommended videos and things like that comes up at the end. We're seeing... 10 times the number of views in a couple of weeks on those because they're videos that are more appropriate to the YouTube platform right. and people check out those videos. So like that, that's why I say, you know, you can have an amazing camera, like Sean's got a great setup and it looks great and there's depth and it's clear, but mo more so that is useful for all the other things that Sean is going to do with the video than just the podcast. The, the podcast doesn't necessarily need it. Podcasting, is, is always going to be more of an audio medium because there's just way more hours in the day where you can consume audio content than video content. And, yeah. and that's why it's like, it, you know, it's, it's never really going to be the future of video, if you know what I mean. I don't think so. I think, you're, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, I think most people still listen to podcasts while driving. I think that's a huge area where people, that's what I do when I drive is I, I drive and listen to, you know, listen to podcasts. Uh, and, but you did mention something that I, I do think is very important because every entrepreneur is going to tell you that they do not have time for stuff. They don't have time to keep creating content, creep, uh, keep doing all the stuff. And by doing what you've said, it's like, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to do this podcast right here, mm -hmm. I want to be able to utilize that content in as many areas as I can to right. save my time. So I think, yeah, the service that you do on that is is. Fantastic, and I, and I, I do. I think it's uh, absolutely mm -hmm. needed. Now, again, the only reason I have this set up is because I do, you know, the podcast. But I do more than anything. I do, uh, you know, my workshops and stuff yeah. like that. When I travel, like when I travel and do a podcast, I use a like you. I use a USB mic, yeah. a little Logitech camera, and just yeah. have fun. And that's actually that's one of the things that I love about podcasting is I can do it on vacation. I can do it anywhere, yeah. and it's just amazing. So yeah, you don't mm -hmm. need that. Now, one of the things that before we wrap up, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is because I know a lot of people want to know about this, or they they're they're concerned, or not concerned. They just don't know how. 
about monetizing a podcast. And again, mm-hmm. so for me, I don't monetize my podcast directly like with advertisers. Right. I don't do that. I don't, you know, we get maybe, I don't know, five to 6,000 downloads. I don't know what you have to be at to get advertisers. I don't necessarily use that. Now, I yeah. do some affiliate type stuff with guests. So if mm-hmm. I have a guest on, I'll do like an affiliate with them. But I don't, I, I use it as a long-term investment, not a short-term like money. Mm-hmm. So how are some of the ways that people can use the podcasting for uh, to be able to uh, monetize? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I, 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 the first thing I tell people uh, because this is inevitably when people ask me about podcasting, it's either the second or third question <laughs> people ask. Like, how, how can I make money off of it? Um, and I tell people, well, a lot of people come to podcasting because they think that's what podcasting is for is to make money off of it. And I, and I say to them, if that's why you're here, if that's why you're <laughs> going to podcast, just stop. Like, don't even try because y- you have to get, for the bigger advertisers, like the advertisers, if you're listening to a popular podcast, if you're listening to Armchair Expert uh, or something like that, um, Joe Rogan, like whatever, you're hearing some of the, the, the most popular podcasts that are getting the most downloads. Um, those types of advertisers, the HelloFresh, MeUndies, Magic Spoon, etc., they don't advertise on your show unless you're getting around 7,000 to 10,000 downloads per episode after about 30 days. So that's the measurement. Um, and even then, those advertisers are only paying $25 CPM. So they're paying $25 per thousand downloads. So you have 7,000 downloads on that episode, 25, like, you know, $125, $150 per episode off those ads that you're doing. Okay. So think about it like, okay, 50, you know, that's not a lot of money. That's why it's the 300,000 downloads per episode, the million downloads per episode, people that are in that top one to 2% of podcasts that make money off of advertising. Now, if you're a very focused show in terms of your topic, or you serve a very small niche industry, um, niche industry, you you may have opportunities where like someone who has a product that only serves that industry and wants to get in front of your 500 to thousand listeners every week, then they might pay you $500 a month or a thousand dollars a month to do a 60 second ad each week. Um, I have people like in the legal services industry where they have a title sponsor that pays them a thousand dollars a month to do a 30 second ad read at the beginning of every episode. And, and that's great. Like that's a good chunk of change for that person. And it makes it covers their expenses on the podcast and et cetera. But that really for most podcasters shouldn't be the way you think about, uh, about it. I tell most podcasters, if you want to make money, sponsor yourself. So kind of like you're doing, you talk about your workshops, you talk about the things you do, the services you provide. Um, if you're a coach, you're bringing on coaching clients and, and coaching them live on the show so that the listeners hear what it's like to work with you. Uh, if you're a consultant like me, like an agency, my podcast, I'm going to clients that I would love to work with and interviewing them about what they're doing, what they're doing in marketing, what has worked for them just as a way to open a relationship. 
um, to start building rapport with them and planting the seeds of, oh, you know, hey, you guys could use a podcast. And by the way, now you know someone who does podcasting. So it's things like that. It's services, products, digital ser- courses, ebooks, you know, if you're writing a book, a podcast is a great way, like I said, to launch the the podcast, uh, launch the book. We, we've had several clients that started their podcast simply because their publisher told them, hey, you should probably have a podcast because what you can do is in the six months before we release the book, you can build up an audience that is then your built-in launch team for your book. Yep. Um, if you uh, will bring Mike up as an example again, Mike talked a lot on his podcast in the lead to his book launch about the book because it was things that he'd been teaching on the podcast for years. Now he knew like all those people that were listening to the podcast every week, heck yeah, they'd want to help him out and tell other people about the book. A lot of them even bought the book. You know, it's that type of thing. Uh, they joined his launch team. They, they officially told other people about it. They, you know, got some benefits from that, but they did it because they were listening to the podcast and because they trusted him and, and all those types of things. So there's lots of ways to monetize with a podcast. And the, for the vast majority of people, first you want to think about, okay, I'm going to put out a podcast with good content to help people, to give people the chance to know me and trust me so that, Six months from now, a year from now, I start ha- having, <clears throat> excuse me, one or two people a month, three people a month that start showing up and saying, "Hey, I, I listen. I've listened to your podcast for the last six months. I'd like to work with you." That's the reason to start it. And then once you get past that six months to a year, yeah, you can start to think about, "Hey, or uh, like you can do it sooner." I would say maybe two to three months into a podcast, you could start to say, "For." eight episodes in a row, hey, here's this checklist that I would love for you to download. Here's this lead magnet that I think could help you. And they go and they give you their email address and they download it and you've helped them more. And they go through their checklist and they're like, oh, wow, this was really helpful. What else does Sean have? And then they see, oh, there's this course that I could take. There's this workshop that I could go to and sign up for. Um, I could hire Sean to come in and take a look at my business and my or my life and, and coach me up, you know, Th- that's what happens. And that's where if you put in the six months, if you put in the year, you start to see that. And really quickly, six months later, you've recouped your investment of time and all those types of things. And then you start to see like at, at this point, um, you know, I haven't released an episode of my podcast in a couple of weeks. I've done 160 some episodes. I've had some breaks here and there. And, but I also go on other shows like this as a guest, and every month, without fail, one, two, three potential clients schedule a sales call with me, a strategy call, because I heard you on this, or I heard this episode, or I've been listening to your podcast for four months. Um, I started listening to your podcast two months ago, and I'm like, well, I haven't released it. They just found it. They they searched for it, and they found it. And they started to build that relationship with me to the point where they got ready and they were like, okay, now it's time for me to start a podcast. I know from trusting Danny and listening to him that the only way to do that and the best way to do that is get somebody else's help because I don't have time. I, you know, I, I run a law firm. I'm a managing partner and I don't want my team trying to figure this stuff out. I need them to do this. I need my paralegals to be thinking about this. I could go to an agency that could help me get started, do all this stuff. Um, 
you know, repurpose my podcast into blog content and emails and website and YouTube and social media and TikTok and reels and all that sort of stuff. And I haven't taken any of my team's time. Um, I've got someone who knows what they're doing and now I can build it, focus on building it. And now six months from now, I'm starting to see that monetization happen or a year from now, I'm starting to see that monetization because I invested in it. Um, so if you invest, yes, it, it's very easy to monetize a podcast in, in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, and so when I talk to people about it a little bit, it's like I look at podcasting as a long-term investment and not as a short-term day trading. It's like this is a long-term thing. So when I started my podcast again, I'm in the fourth season, my, my sole purpose was never to make money on the podcast. Mine was to build my community, build my tribe, and grow my list, grow my email list, which is which in turn has definitely I've monetized. It's you know, I've been able to monetize the benefits that I've got from from my uh, my podcast. So yeah, but yeah. never never directly. And I think it's important for people to see that the method by which we can utilize a podcast to generate money is yeah. not necessarily through the podcast itself. It's the result right. of the podcast. Yeah. Right. Now and you talked about what yeah. we started with was the the if if you could get in front of fifty people. 100 people, 300, 500, 1,000 people every week as it, as it grows and and talk to them and share with them and give them experiences and advice and all those types of things, would that be valuable to you as a as a business, as a, as a personal brand? Heck yeah, like you love that and, and that's what the podcast is. Yeah, and you talked a little bit about, you know, your podcast, uh, Podcast Strategies, that, by the way, is a, a fantastic podcast. And I think not only for podcasting, there's so much stuff in there that's that I, again, I'm a tech person, but there's so much yeah. stuff in there that that I love. And I'm also, you know, so it's a great podcast. And I also am on your list. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I want to thank you about or thank you for is you sure. put out some great stuff, not only on your podcast, but on your list as well. I'll get emails from you that have... They're not sales. They're, they're just tips. It's here's something that's going on in the industry. Here's you know here's what's happening. Here's but I, I specifically remember. I think it was a couple years ago. You mm-hmm. actually sent one of your emails out to your list and was like, "Hey, that we're going to talk about luffs and you know this loudness stuff." And I had no idea what, what you know what that was about. I'm like, "Huh?" So just those <laughs> emails. I'm telling you, it, it literally changed how I record, how I you know how I do things. So. Even, you know, obviously through your podcast, but also through your list, there's just so many gold nuggets that, that come out that you push out. And so I appreciate the way that you do your, uh, sure. do your emails too. It's uh, tons and tons of value in that. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I appreciate it. And again, anybody, you know, anybody that's listening, Danny, I'm telling you, I trust Danny more than anybody for, for podcasting, whether you want someone to do literally a turnkey i'm gonna send danny the recording and you do it all uh you know mm-hmm. danny does does everything does uh you know puts it out there does everything for youtube just editing to just i mean he does the whole thing so danny knows podcasting in this industry literally better than anybody that i know so visit him you know go to his podcast but emeraldcitypro.com is his website let him take care of your podcast at least for the first and here's the thing. Some people like me, I'm very techy. I enjoy spending the time and I enjoy doing the tech. Yeah. But even for me, it's like it's time to just let the pro do it. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm the scary handyman that can that can do things, but it's just not always <laughs> always up to the best scale. But I know. Uh, I know great I know job what on what you, you do. I mean, you've got some great podcasts out there. 
I appreciate it. Yeah, it, it, that I learned really quickly, even myself when I was starting this business, that I couldn't do everything, and I needed to develop a team or outsource for the things that I didn't didn't know how to do or, or couldn't do as well or couldn't do as quickly. Um, so I appreciate you. I appreciate you acknowledging that. <laughs>